Welcome to Effectively Wild, the daily podcast from Baseball Prospectus. I'm here today with Ian Miller, uh, who you know as Ian Miller, or as Ian the Vegan, or as half of Productive Outs, and a good friend to all of us, I'm sure. Hi, Ian. What's going on, Sam? Ben is away. He's in British Columbia, where I'm 90% sure he has mistakenly gone to celebrate the London Olympics. His internet connection has failed him. He's um, He'll be back for Monday's podcast, but he's not here today. Ian has graciously agreed to step in, and Ian is more interesting than Ben and I ever are, so I think we're going to be just fine. Ian. I'm, I'm thrilled and flattered to have been asked. Well. Big fan of the show. First time in a long time. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, all seven episodes, I imagine. Heck yeah. So, do you have a topic that you'd like to talk about today? Well, I figure the uh, the the front, the top of mind topic for everybody right now has got to be this Matt Harvey kid, right? Oh, good. I think this might be the first time that we've had two hosts who have said the same topic, and so we can just focus all nine minutes on him because that's what I was going to say as well. Did you see the start? Uh, I did not. Fortunately, I had uh, I had band practice and stuff, but uh, just uh, looking at Twitter occasionally and looking at his line. Uh, apparently it was incredible. It was incredible. Three walks and five and a third and a couple of dongs. So yeah, it was incredible. It was very, uh, entertaining. I think that there were, I mean, you know, it's interesting. We, we, uh, we, we watch these guys make their debuts with so much, um, baggage in our minds already about what their strengths and what their weaknesses are. And when he got drafted, the the comp that he uh, he got thrown at him, uh, at least from the Mets, was Mike Pelfrey, and so I was expecting something like Mike Pelfrey today, and the, the, he was the most un Mike Pelfrey pitcher you could ever imagine. I mean, there was not one thing Mike Pelfrey like about him. So that's probably one good thing you can say about him. He got eighteen swinging strikes, which is actually more than Mike Pelfrey has ever had in a start. That's amazing. It is amazing. Um, I saw the first, second, fifth, and sixth innings, um, and uh, yeah, it was it was a it was a fun outing. He struck out a lot of guys, and um, he got guys looking stupid, chasing things. He also had a pretty big strike zone for him today, and I think there were a lot of pitches that he got swinging strikes at that he can't count on most major league hitters swinging at um sure. they were they were clearly uncertain about what he was going to be doing they were swinging at pitches that were way out of the zone and uh not not exactly tempting type pitches either i mean we're talking fastballs at their head right uh, but it was fun yeah i mean um big league hitters will adjust i mean they don't have a book on the guy i mean they have you know tendencies but there's not you know there's probably not video and extended uh, scouting stuff. I mean, I'm looking at the, the game day highlights right now, and his first career K against, I can't tell who that is, Gerardo Parra maybe. Yeah. Um, it almost looked like a fork wall. Uh, he just buried it on the, on the inner half and looked, looked really impressive. I mean, I don't, I don't see anybody adjusting to that unless they can learn to lay off it. So. No, the slider is, is going to be something. And I think that's the, the one thing you can't deny about him is the slider. The, the fastball, he hit 98, which is... Good uh, Lord. Again, I mean, you, you hear Mike Pelfrey. I also read today that uh, in the, um, 
uh, one of the New York papers that he is a uh, he profiles as a number three starter. And I I mean I'm I'm not here to argue that people who are smarter than me said that, but I mean if a guy who throws 98 um, with that slider, I mean it's a it is really a really good slider. Uh, if he only profiles as a number three, then I don't know how to do this. <laughs> well, hasn't the knock on him consistently been uh, fastball control? Like he's got great stuff and a live arm, but has no idea where it's going half the time. Yeah, pretty much. He, you know, what he reminded me of is he—he he actually kind of reminded me of like a classic uh, unrefined lefty. He, I mean, he was obviously throwing from the right side, but you mm-hmm. know how you know how lefties like. The frustrating Ollie Perez, Jonathan Sanchez types, they're always oh, yeah. leaving pitches up. They don't really have good, good control of their release point. And so the fastball, you know, they're just constantly leaving these fastballs up. And um, and he he did that a ton. He, he really didn't have good control of his fastball. Hmm. It's uh, impressive that he was able to get 11 strikeouts with, I mean, I, I, I guess maybe he had better command of it um, at, at some points than others. But, yeah, he was kind of wild. Effectively wild, would you say? <laughs> he was effective and he was wild. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know for sure that the wildness is uh, should be modified by the. They might be unrelated, is what I'm saying. Right. Uh, but yeah, and he threw about about uh, four changeups. Um, three of them put in play, uh, wow. and about maybe four or five curveballs. None of them swung at that I saw. So he's mostly a fastball slider guy, and uh, yeah, he's gonna. It's gonna come down to how much he controls the fastball. Sure, and I, I mean, had to feel. I mean, it, I, I'm not prepared to say that um, it definitely had an effect on him, but I imagine the Mets putting up two before he ever took the mound had to help a little bit. Yeah, and I think some generous calls early probably mm-hmm. helped a little bit, and uh, yeah, yeah. On the other hand, he struck out. Stephen Drew on three swinging strikes, which is kind of just impressive. I don't know. I remember a piece in Prospectus a few years ago that uh, was about the idea of a signature performance and whether it tells you something. If if a guy strikes out 13 in a game, that was how they defined it. If a guy strikes out 13 in a game and that's all you know about him is he struck out 13 in one game, does that tell you something that he's got that extra ability? And I don't remember what the conclusion was. I do think I remember that the player that they were looking at was Kyle Davies. So maybe that's all we need to know. (laughs) But, I mean, um, Harvey put up what you would probably consider a a signature performance. He struck out 11 in his Major League debut. I did a a play index search, and only 13 players uh, since 2000 have struck out 11 in any of their first 10 games. And mo- you know, about half of them turned out to be aces. Um, Strasburg's on there, Pryor's on there, David Price, uh, Felix, you Darvish, Josh Beckett. And you know, there's a couple guys who aren't, like David Percy. And so I don't think this mm-hmm. is conclusive, but it's suggestive. But none of those guys got two knocks in their debut, did they? Uh, no, they, Ms. Strasburg might have, but... <laughs> uh, I, I thought I saw something, some Elias thing uh, come across the wire... Where nobody had ever gotten 11 Ks and two hits in their big league debut, but I could be making that up. Uh, well, this start was pure Elias fodder. I mean, expect Jason <laughs> Stark to, to milk this start for a, a good three or four days. <laughs> Lots of trivia questions down the road. Yeah, I think so. Uh, he was uh, setting Mets rookie records in like the third and fourth inning. <laughs> 
because he, he struck out. I think he struck out seven through three. So you can just imagine. Yeah, he faced. Uh, well, he he got he retired sixteen guys, eleven by way of a strikeout, which is pretty sweet. Yeah, and only one walk until the sixth when he really kind of lost command. Mm, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Well, but, it kind of. I mean, the the signature. I don't know if it's a signature. Perf- it wasn't a signature performance by your definition, but um, it made me think of uh, Matt Moore when he came up. Not so much this year. But uh, when he made his debut late in 2011 mm-hmm. and, you know, the kind of performances that he was able to put up in his couple, three, four starts that he had. Or, no, I'm actually looking at the line now. He had one start. Yeah, against the three, Yankees. Three total appearances. This was against the Yankees, right? Sounds right. Um, I He had two... Yeah, I think yes, he, it yeah. was. Yeah, like the whole, the whole shebang and was he, on yeah, the line. He, he, like, struck out 11 in five innings or something, right? Um, not look at what the site that I'm looking at is not sortable in that manner, but that's just immediately what it called to mind. That's sort of the most recent performance that, that it called to mind. Yeah. Yeah. So you're telling me that Tom Seaver's big league debut was not incredibly impressive. I'm telling you that there were graphics and chirons and all those sorts of things <laughs> today that were, uh, suggesting that Matt Harvey, yes, is in fact, on his way to becoming a better pitcher than Tom Seaver. <laughs> if, if he's not already there. And, to say he's yeah. Not. Well, and not just Tom Seaver, but every Met pitcher ever. So, like, we're talking Bobby Jones. Uh, that's the only Mets pitcher I can name throughout history. Uh, <laughs> Steve Tacova, man. Come on. Steve Traxel. <laughs> uh, shall we just fill the rest of the time naming Mets pitchers? Well, there is a gentleman named uh, Dwight Eugene Gooden. That you appear to have forgotten about. I have, I have my my <laughs> the good doctor, as I call him. Bobby Jones wiped out my memory of all <laughs> pre Bobby Jones Mets pitchers. Well, I yeah, as uh, as I think I've discussed with you and elsewhere, uh, I happen to have the misfortune of growing up a Mets fan, so I have some some sad memories. Do you have why any? Did I, why did I think to, Ken Tacova was a Met? <laughs> Like, uh, he just seems like he should have been on the Mets. Yeah, no, I I know what you mean, which is weird. I mean, it, it's <laughs> weird most, that you can now, say John, John Bois or boys would tell us that he's maybe. the most Met <laughs> pitcher ever to not be on the Mets. Exactly. Yeah. Read yeah. my mind. Do you have any residual affection for the Mets, or or does it is it a non-issue for you? I do. I mean. There are very few teams that I um, simply cannot root for these days. I think I, I even as a longtime Giants fan, enjoying the Dodgers doing well mm-hmm. because I enjoy watching baseball played at the very highest level. So how can you not like the things that Matt Kemp is doing? Um, how can you not like to watch Kenley Jansen just carve guys up? That's amazing. Um, and, you know, I grew up uh, loathing the Yankees, but how can you not love watching Curtis Granderson do the incredible stuff that he does uh, that he shouldn't be able to do? I mean, and yeah, so I love the Mets. I still love Andres Torres and hope he gets his act together, though I fear that 2010 was a, the flukiest of all flukes. Yeah. Um, 
so yeah, I, I love I love all baseball. Yeah, I think that having access to MLB TV has uh, has made it easier to participate individual performances, and I I, I sort of know where you're coming from. Yep, I mean, I even like the uh, like the Angels. I you know support Riley's fandom of the Angels, and ten years uh, it took ten years, but I can now enjoy the Angels doing well. Ten years ago, you would have only seen Matt Harvey highlights. You would have had no opportunity to have watched this game. Right? No, it's uh, it, the, this stuff is changing incredibly quickly, and it's so awesome. I just want to throw this out completely off topic. Um, ben would probably never do this and would not allow it. But I just watched what I think was the first episode of the franchise tonight. Uh, the, uh, yeah, the thing the on the ones on Showtime. Yeah. Speaking of things that never we never would have gotten access to ten years ago. I mean, two years ago, you wouldn't be seeing the kind of stuff that we're seeing on the franchise. And I found it absolutely fascinating. The most compelling thing I've seen. For reasons I can't explain, maybe they've refined their process and stuff, but I found it more interesting than the Giants one, which as a, a nominal Giants fan, you wouldn't think I would have, but I did. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you've got the showtime or access to it, I highly, highly recommend that show. It's fascinating. You get to see uh, GMs on the phone making a trade, like finalizing a trade. You get to see Ozzy Guillen call the guy into the office and tell him, He's been traded. Uh, it's stuff that, you know, just uh, a short while ago we would have never, ever seen. Well, there it is, Ian's pick of the week. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I'm glad to hear that, and I will, uh, I'll find a way to, to watch yes. it. Uh, Ian, thank you for helping me find a way to put on this podcast. Oh, it's my pleasure. And uh, we'll uh, probably do this again because Ben is... Mr. Unreliable. He's, he's a globetrotter. He's always gallivanting. He is, yes. He's, so. And he will occasionally sleep through our, our record <laughs> time. So, um, But now I'm going to stop the show and I'm going to see whether any of this worked because the one thing Ben does do is record. So uh, we're, we're going to see if I could do it. And uh, hopefully you guys will all be hearing this on Friday morning. And uh, thanks, Ian, and I hope everybody has a good weekend. Take care.